Hi, I'm Laura Palatin. Welcome to the Practically Spiritual Show, where we take a practical approach to spirituality and create our own personal spiritual path. In this episode, I am going to be sharing a chapter from my book, Walk in Your Own Footsteps. If you've been listening all along, episode four was also a chapter from Walk in Your Own Footsteps. That one was called Expect Miracles, and this chapter is called Balance. Finding balance in our lives is one of the most challenging things that we'll face. Sometimes our life is full of wonderful things and we can hardly keep our head above water just because of all the opportunities. And sometimes we're overwhelmed with challenging and difficult situations. Either way, finding balance is key to having our strong spiritual footing. So let's listen to the theme song, and then we'll dive right into creating balance in our lives by reading the chapter from Walk in Your Own Footsteps entitled Balance. Welcome to the Practically Spiritual Show. Together we will learn, laugh, and grow. Break indoctrination. Rise above our nation. And so, welcome to the Practically Spiritual Show. I wrote Walk in Your Own Footsteps several years ago in response to somebody that I was working with personally and, and helping with their lives. And they said that they wanted a book on how to specifically build the life that they wanted to live. Not long after that, I went through a big upheaval and changes in my own life, and I started being very mindful and purposeful about the choices I was making, and I journaled meticulously. I also had this wonderful opportunity of interacting with a lot of different people because I had a massage practice, and people were coming in and telling me all these stories about their lives. We would talk about problems and situations that were challenging, and then we would come to resolutions together. And of course, they all fed into this book. I got permission from every single person before I wrote anything. But it's just kind of cool because the book is a, a part my philosophy, um, other people's experience of so their stories, and then a workbook. So there's suggestions on things that you can do in your own life to kind of corral these ideas and turn them into something really practical in your own life. So I'm just going to read chapter two to you straight from the book. And then at the end, I'll talk more about some of the ideas that are introduced in this chapter and expand a little bit. Chapter two, balance. The best and safest thing is to keep a balance in your life. Acknowledge the great powers around us and in us. If you can do that and live that way, you are really a wise man. Euripides, 484 BC to 406 BC. This quote from Euripides applies beautifully to present day life. Because of the intense and constant bombardment of stimulus from our busy world, we sometimes feel overwhelmed and as if we are running in survival mode. It doesn't even matter if this stimulus is positive or negative. Our busy nervous system has to deal with it either way. For example, our ancestors would have counted themselves very fortunate to enjoy music performed for their benefit a few times in their entire life. 
Now we can touch a button and surf through a seemingly endless array of entertainers, bringing us a diverse menu of performances. Even relaxing activities such as riding in a car can be perceived as stressful for our brains because there's so much information passing by us. We enjoy a myriad of options and choices, be it food, music, movies, you name it. Because there's so much busyness, we must make a conscious effort to offset all this activity with rest. Balancing the many stresses of modern life, both positive and negative, is a prerequisite to personal peace. To help you define balance for yourself, list the things that require your attention. Mark items that are especially important to you. Make sure you include activities which are requirements for living, as well as all the things you like to do for recreation. Categories might include spiritual practice, family, work, exercise, conscious breathing, rest, fun, creativity, sports, preparing and eating meals. It's not necessary to number your list because the order of importance and the amount of time each one requires will shift constantly. Balance is achieved over time, taking all aspects of your life into account. Consider that some of these items on the list will dominate your life for a period. For instance, a weekend outing with the family leaves little room for anything else, and an artistic pursuit can completely shut out the rest of the world for extended blocks of time. Be mindful that your choice to spend a great deal of time on one area of your life can be very appropriate and even wonderful. While there are requirements of our time that are unavoidable, the goal here is to recognize when you are out of balance and work your way back appropriately. You can structure your daily life nicely to fit everything that's important to you and add more as you identify them for yourself. When adding a new activity to your life, consider how it will fit in with all your other priorities. Sometimes something will have to be eliminated to make room for a new interest. Most of us have experienced the need to bring balance following the winter holidays. Everything is bigger, brighter, tastier, and exaggerated from everyday life. We love the lights and parties, yet after they are over, we can't wait to put the decorations away. It seems everyone is cleaning out their cupboards during January. The department stores are aware of this and offer sales on organizing merchandise after the winter holidays. The pendulum swings so far to the excess that we naturally want to return to a simpler approach to living as soon as we can. This also applies to our daily lives. We may get very excited about a new career or business opportunity. For a period of time, our personal lives sit on the back burner. If this goes on too long, we find we've lost contact with friends and family, or maybe it's a new romantic relationship that has us carried away from our more mundane commitments. Simply redirecting your focus to bring balance back becomes easier over time. A good example of a person I know who purposefully creates balance in their life is my friend Melanie. An energetic young woman, Melanie enjoys sports and spending time with friends. She has a stimulating career with an active presence in her church. Because she wasn't able to have a pet due to the long hours she spent at work and church, Melanie also had a part-time job at a local veterinarian's office. She wanted to leave room in her life for a special man while maintaining the active social life she enjoyed. When she began to evaluate her life, looking specifically at how balanced her life was, she came to a realization— 
She could see that while everything she was doing brought her joy, she didn't have adequate time for rest, and she wasn't honoring herself by leaving time for what she wanted to accomplish in her life. Melanie started by making a list of what her goals were. She wanted to continue to excel at work, to attract a life partner, to continue to support her church, as well as find time to rest and take care of herself. While she loved working at the vet's office, she had to let that go first. Then she backed out of a couple commitments she had at church. She also made sure that she had at least one evening a week open so that, should the right person come along, she would have time to date. While letting go of some things she loved was hard for her, Melanie has found that she has much more energy and enthusiasm for the priorities in life she makes time for. Another person who has created balance in what was a very turbulent life is Hank. A social worker in a prison by day and a single father by night, Hank felt like he was walking a tightrope between two worlds. He loved his work and the opportunity he had to help people who needed it. Because he was so dedicated, he spent all his working hours with patients and brought his paperwork home to complete at night. When Hank evaluated his priorities, he found the way he was living his life was exactly the opposite of what his true priorities were. While he valued his job, he wasn't giving the kind of love and energy to his daughter that he truly wanted to. To make a shift, Hank started by speaking to his supervisor at the prison, asking for time during the day to complete his reports. Then Hank and his daughter created a ritual to transition from their day in the world to their time at home. Their ritual varied from day to day. It often included a walk in nature and talking with one another. They made a deal to eat meals at the table instead of in front of the TV or while doing homework. Hank also began taking his daughter on camping trips so the two of them could spend time without interruptions and his daughter could enjoy her dad's undivided attention. Both Melanie and Hank had full, exciting lives, but were not putting their energies into the priorities they wanted. By making a few simple changes in their lives, they found balance and were able to be more effective and accomplish their personal goals. We're constantly being forced to choose carefully in order to maintain a healthy balance in our lives. Releasing with grace those activities that do not serve us in favor of what does is often as difficult an act as we will ever do. Making careful selections between time spent with family, friends, hobbies, or other opportunities and challenges is a strong determining factor in how you will experience and enjoy your life. There's a section in each chapter of Walk in Your Own Footsteps called Bringing It Home. This is the workbook part of Walk in Your Own Footsteps. I'm going to read the prompts for this workbook section because I think it's really helpful for this particular uh, chapter's topic. One, in this chapter, it was suggested that you make a list of what is important in your life. Take a moment to reflect on your list. Two, categorize your list in three columns, such as must do, want to do, and wish to do. Take a moment to expand your list to include things you've always dreamed of doing. Three, realizing that the items on your must-do list are required and not negotiable, turn your attention to the want-to-do list. Four, pick one item from your want-to-do list that you can incorporate into your life this week. Five, while looking over your wish-to-do list, select one item to work toward achieving. 
While some items may be very ambitious, like going on a big trip, others may be simpler and something you can set to do within a month. Six, keeping your lists in mind. Continue to balance your must-do list with your want-to-do list and your wish-to-do list. This chapter, Balance, is extremely well-timed for me. I almost wonder if it if there ever is a time in our lives where it's not, right? I feel like I have so many goals and ambitions and friends and family and opportunities that I'm constantly balancing and juggling. I'm planning to do a vision board for myself and putting it someplace where I can see it a lot. These help me to remember what my goals are, what my ambitions are, and to help me stay in balance. It's a visual representation of my list, and I am much better with visual representations than I am with words. Although I often add words to my vision board, there's just something about having that picture, right? Me playing guitar, me making my podcast, me spending time with my family. I have two new books that I'm writing. There's always so much wonderful and exciting stuff going on. And then, of course, I also have my must-do list. One element of my life that puts a spotlight on my need to create balance is that I have been diagnosed with a medical condition called fibromyalgia. For anybody that doesn't know what that is, basically, I have a limited amount of energy that's allotted to me over any given period of time, which is true of everyone. The difference is that if I exceed mine, I can go into what they call a flare. Fibromyalgia is one of many conditions that have this, you know, trade-off. You do too much, you exhaust yourself too much, you go into a flare. And what a flare looks like for me is it's very much like having the flu. The first sign I have that I've pushed myself past my safe zone is that I will start to feel like I can't think properly and my creativity is gone. So it's not like I could push myself to sit down and write a song. I couldn't push myself to write anything or even make a podcast or a piece of art. So the first indicator that I've gone too far and that I need to just stop and rest is that my creativity is gone. Really, for me, the wise thing at that point, like the minute I realize I can't be creative, is to stop and rest. But that's not always an option, is it? I can't always just stop and rest the minute I start to feel tired. So then there's the next tier of things that I can continue to do, even if I'm not 100% at my best. You know, I can make dinner, I can tidy the house, I can do a lot of different things. Just as long as it's not creative in nature, energy I use being creative, because it feels like I'm just playing, right? I'm sitting here behind a microphone, I'm talking to you guys, I'm sharing what's important to me, I'm hoping to reach out through this microphone and uplift and inspire and help you see your life in a clear way. This feels great. It just requires more energy than I ever realize I'm using. So my budget, my energy budget, my time budget reflects that for me. So I may have going out to lunch with a friend and then performing at an open mic on the same night, but I'm not going to try to make art and record a podcast on the same day as well. Because being really present with a friend and interacting 
and performing in an open mic are very high energy experiences that I have to plan for, that I have to budget for. So it just makes it a little bit more complicated. I guess the reason I'm sharing this with you guys is that it puts a spotlight on it, right? It makes it very clear and obvious that these are things that I have to look at. And you probably have more of those in your life than you realize. But if you're healthy, then you don't stop and recognize them. And I think there's value in that. I think there's value in just saying, wow, why am I so tired at the end of the day? I mean, I went to work and I had lunch with a friend and I did this thing, but those are all normal things. You may not be a spoonful person that that has this tiny amount of energy, but you are still a person that has a finite amount of energy. And when we overbook and we overcommit, we sometimes forget to put ourselves on the list. So that's what I want to really advocate for in this podcast. And that is while you're budgeting for everybody else, you're making time for all your priorities, that your priorities are in your time budget as well. What matters to you? I hope that you make the lists that are suggested in the book. If you enjoyed this chapter from Walk in Your Own Footsteps, I encourage you to either reach out to me at laurapalatin.com if you want a signed copy, or you can order it direct from Amazon and they'll just send it right to you. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I really enjoy making them for you. And of course, there's really no reason to do it if you're not out there listening. It's always my sincere hope that you hear something in the podcast that has value for you, that's meaningful for you, that you take with you. If you have a friend or family member that you think would enjoy what I'm doing here, if you think it would add value to their life, I would be so honored if you would invite them to listen to the Practically Spiritual show. I make it pretty easy to find me. (laughs) I have a website called laurapalatin.com. I made another one for this project specifically called thepracticallyspiritualshow.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And I would love to hear from you if you have an idea for a show. Um, Just thank you so much for listening. And I really appreciate your attention. And I hope that this starts you thinking about creating more balance in your life. And remember, there is no them. There really is only us. Thanks for listening to the Practically Spiritual Show. I mean it. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. It means so much to me. I love you. See you next time. Bye-bye.